Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Why do I immediately feel so much older? Because like, it's almost your birthday. We're recording this with two and a half hours left till your birthday, till you're 35. I'm glad someone's excited. I'm excited because then we're the same age. I don't know why, but I honestly, I, there was a moment today. So I didn't feel great today. Just long weekend. We had a good a good weekend, but I'm just a little run down. Yeah, we were it, had we're a frustrating night last exhausted. night. Yeah, just I was tired. So like you were checking out at one of the stores. I was like I'm just gonna go to the car. car. And I was, as I was puttering my way to the car, I honestly felt <laughs> like my father at like 58 years old, just like walking somewhere, like just old and sad. And I was oh, like, man. Fuck. <laughs> well, this is life. Yeah. If you're new here, we're normally, old fucks. Normally, I'm not... Uh, Bemoaning your life. Yeah, not thinking about how I'm halfway to 70 now. Because um, that's true, I'm closer to 70 than I am birth. Well, in two and a half hours. Great. Uh, still, You're still closer to birth at this moment. Oh, I'm going to hang on to it. I don't want to start all over. <laughs> no, I, I very much I feel the mortality of it all kicking in. Also, oh my god, that's so fucking depressing. I'm just I'm being realistic. We checked out the self checkout at Walmart today. I looked up and I was like, "Who's that gaping bald man up in the screen?" I was like, "Oh, it was me." Someone looked literally just dropped a fucking H bomb on the back of my head and just, just shave your head. Just shave. I'm going to. I'm going to. You've I'm going to cut my head that. off. <laughs> you've been saying that for years, and you've yet to deliver on it. I don't know what to tell you. So, yeah. So, by the time you're hearing this, I've, it's been my birthday. We're recording this the day before my birthday. Uh, had a fun weekend. Had a fun weekend. Did a lot of uh, shopping in the Tampa area. Uh, went to some... And we'll never see her again. <laughs> some toy stores and some malls. Uh, you, you know, Tampa and, and Brandon particularly is not necessarily my cup of tea, but their stores were all right. And had Guthrie's. Sure. Shout out to Guthrie's Chicken Fingers. I haven't had Guthrie's in over 10 years. There was one in Tampa. You best believe I had like, that That's the only reason we went. Right? It was great. It wasn't the only reason, but like anytime we go out of town... Um, I like to make sure I can find some place that I can't normally get to eat at some point. For dinner, we just went to fucking Olive Garden because we had a gift card. Thanks, Mom. Um, that worked. <laughs> that worked. Oh, I have to talk to her about that tomorrow. Great. So, uh, <laughs> we, we went to Guthrie's, um, and it kind of goes into, like, what I'm going to talk about for today's movie, 
um, this is the movie I selected for my birthday, is that's just something I did as a kid, was we would spend our weekends going to, like, a different part of Ohio that had, like, a different outlet mall or a different experience or store or attraction in the car, road trip. We would stay overnight. We would, you know, we would do a bunch of things. We would go home. That's just how I grew up, and I always have fond memories of doing those sort of things. So this weekend very was very much like that. Spent time with uh, my sisters um, in their home and had a wonderful brunch, as we are prone to do. And then today, we did gosh, our usual errand running. I got a massage. You know, it was a nice... Nice. My birthday weekend is really next weekend. Yes. We really celebrate it for the Rumble. Royal Rumble. So when we Wrestling's get... Wrestling's biggest weekend. Right? I mean, for me. Uh, yeah. For me it is. Um, we'll we'll get there when we get there. But for now, it's been all right. Thank you for putting up with with me and everything I like to do and want to do. Yeah, me, you're right. Yeah. Uh, no new movies to watch. Uh, we've been pretty busy with work and other, and other things, but hopefully next week I'll have at least two, if not more, to hopefully. report on. I'm trying to... We got a lot to watch between movies and television. I feel so behind on just like... Life. The world and yeah. knowing things. But um, let's not beat around the bush. Let's get into today's episode. Maybe it'll be even a, a little bit of a shorter one. Um, every year, so we have many different <laughs> rules on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> so many rules, we can't remember them all. It's true. But uh, one rule that we have every year for each of our birthdays, you get to pick a movie, no questions asked, no matter what it is. We watch it for the show. It's like, happy birthday. As long as it's not a series. Yeah, it's one individual movie. Mm. Um, and this year, I chose the film Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, um, which came out in 1948, if I'm not mistaken. It came out a long time ago. Um, this movie's older than your mother. This movie is older than my mother. It's one of the few things. So um, I will read the box now. University... Uh, Universal Studios Comedy Legends. That doesn't count. I was just, I was being... Okay. Give me, a, right. give me a gimme for... All right, all right, all right. Jeepers. The Creepers are after Bud and Lou. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Christ. <laughs> There's so much on the back. This is going to be a good year for me. If you like horror classics, you'll love this laugh fest with Abbott and Costello. That's one right there. That's one right there. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> ha, Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein continues the horror comedy series and features quote-unquote the boys with their usual quota of familiar routines providing the backbone of the plot by becoming Count Dracula's victim for a brain transplant. Lon Chaney Jr. appears as the Wolfman alongside... Long... Jesus Christ, that's two. Along with Dracula, played by Bella Lugosi and Glenn Strange as the Frankenstein monster. And that's not even the actual synopsis. Nope. Abbott and Costello, as railroad baggage clerks, receive a strange shipment, the last remains of Dracula and Frankenstein's monster. But this deadly duo is still very much alive. So when the shipment arrives at the House of Horrors, the monsters are not in their crates, but have disappeared to a secret hideaway island. Blamed for the disappearance, Abbott and Costello follow their trail to the island, where not only do they meet up with Dracula, Bella Lugosi, and the monster, Glenn Strange, but a mad scientist, Charles Bradstreet, who wants to switch Costello's brain with that of the monster. That's totally wrong. <laughs> That's not factually correct. That's not With everyone was. chasing each other, the wolfman, Lon Chaney Jr., shows up to scare them all. In the end, 
everything works out. Costello finds romance, that's also not true, and the monsters find their final resting places. Or do they? It's too stupid. I'm just Oof. not focused. So now I'm, I'm down, what, three? No, you're just down two. Oh, I was up one. Oh, no, we, were we were tied? we tied. Okay. What's right, the numbers two, at? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah. I have 10, you have 12. Okay. We're to 25? To 25. Okay, so you're about answer. halfway there. Just like you're halfway to 70. Thanks, babe. Cool. So. Uh, full why, circle. <laughs> full circle. Why did I select this movie? Why did you select this movie? Um, as a kid... I don't know how I did, but I randomly really got into Abbott and Costello. <laughs> Probably from like your grandma. So it definitely. I had to guess. So I remember being on one of those family trips I was talking about. We were at some kind of outlet mall, and the outlet mall had like a not a Hollywood video, but it was it was something like Video Time or like he's having. I used to love going to those out of town. Because we really didn't have those, or we never really went to them in town. And they always had a big selection of like wrestling VHS tapes, and also just VHS tapes that I you know, wasn't used to seeing in regular fucking stores. Um, and it either had just come out, or it was about to come out. They had like a NBC primetime Abbott and Costello like retrospective that Jerry Seinfeld hosted. Yeah. It was like hour, two hours about the history of Abbott and Costello, showed all like their famous routines, of course, who's on first and everything, highlighted their movies. And um, I was really excited for it, and my mom recorded it, and I watched it with my grandma. So I saw this cassette tape in in this video store, not with this famous poster, but another famous poster where it's the two of them like in the front bumbling and Frankenstein's looming over them. I was transfixed by it, so my grandmother bought it for me, and we watched it when I stayed over at her house, and I absolutely fell in love with this movie. I mean, I was, God, had to have been seven, mm. eight years old. It was just the funniest thing in the world to me. Um, so I didn't, I know my mom either like recorded or bought other ones, because Abbott and Cassell had so many movies. So many. And they also did a lot of like the Universal Monster movies as well. After this one, this was the first um, I don't honestly remember ever watching any of them. Mm -hmm. I just remember watching this over and over and over and over again. Um, and then, of course, I purchased it on DVD when DVDs came out. I had the Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein poster from Universal Studios in our apartment in college. Rich still has that poster in his apartment to this day. Uh, it's, just, it's just a very sentimental movie to me that I've been wanting to rewatch. Because it is over 70 years old. It is. And it has been quite some time since I would seen it. So I, a lot of times for my birthday, I pick these movies that have sentimental value to me or have a significant meaning to me. But I'm also wary to do them because I'm like, oh, God. What if it doesn't hold what up? What if it doesn't yeah. hold up? And thus far, we're good. Because this thing is still fucking hilarious. This is like the pre-Bulkan Skull the pre mullet and rich. Watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> Don't say <laughs> Abbott and Costello are bulk and skull. No, it's a pre bulk and skull. No, they wrote the fucking bulk and skull got their gimmick. Abbott and Costello and Laurel them. and Hardy and the Three Stooges. Yes, I'm aware. Made comedy what it is. Made yes, any aware. bumbling slapsticky right exactly fuckers right. that have ever you lived. You wouldn't have had bulk and skull if you didn't have them. You wouldn't have had ice and whatever his name is. From Hocus Pocus, if you didn't have them. 
You wouldn't have had any of those. This is the most blasphemous thing. Like, <laughs> we shouldn't be talking about any of these fucks at all. They are. But these are the nothing. main. But these are the main characters. These are the legends. Yes. The these legend. are the people that. I've never seen an Abbott and Costello movie before. This is the first time you'd Very seen. First time I've I mean, you had seen. seen uh, you've seen Who's on First, of course. Just bits and pieces. You've never seen the whole Who's on First routine. You don't need to see the whole Who's on First routine when you, you see really the first do. like minute of it. No, you have to see the whole thing because of the way it progresses. Sure. That is without question the hardest piece of comedy to learn and memorize. Oh, absolutely. And um, I didn't have to do it, thank God, because I was actually cast in a specific role in the play. But my first musical I ever did was Fame in junior year of high school. And my teacher, uh, my drama teacher, always wanted to, like, add things to, like, give as many kids parts as she could. So she added, like, a talent show within, like, the play. And she just had my friend Nick Cudd and another kid do Who's On First. Right in the middle of a fuck of the fucking musical. Like, it needed to be any fucking longer. Like, the whole thing. And I had to help them, like, learn it. And it was, like, the most agonizing, like, two months of my life. And they never got it right. Ever. Um, That's like asking Augie to do it. <laughs> Augie be like, who's... <laughs> Augie doing who's on, who's on First is brilliant. Who's On First? Huh? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, so you'd never seen an Abbott and Costello movie before. Mm-mm. Uh, what did you think? It was really funny. It's really funny. It, it's really funny. Like, I mean, they're really fantastic. The way they play off each other and just Costello's ability to non-verbally portray such, like, comedic moments yeah. is really great. We talk a lot about, like, emotions that you feel and stuff. It's really hard to portray, like, comedic elements. Like, it's really easy. Like, I think it's easier to play, like, sadness or anger, like, to convey those non-verbally, mm-hmm. but to convey, like, shock and awe and surprise. And fear and, and, fear and, and make funny. them funny. Is really difficult, yeah, every, and I think he did it so well. Every look, every body every, language. Yeah. Within the first 60 seconds of the movie, I'd already laughed three times. Yeah. Just because they're... Both of them... There's bits that just fucking work. There and are. it's so quick. It's so witty. I mean, the movie's only an hour and 23 minutes. It, it, and it doesn't really feel like it's it, that long. You know it's old to begin with. With the credits at the beginning. Well, that's, so it's funny, like, that's kind of a fairly modern, like, animated intro. Like, we've seen, like, in City Slickers, and we've seen in other things, they have, like, that animated intro where it's like... Yeah, but when, but traditionally, when the credits are at the beginning of the movie, that used to be. Well, but... It's I'm, not until... You're talking about, like, the full credits. I'm talking about the mm-hmm. little cartoon they had where it's, oh, yeah, like, no, Frankenstein lumbers in and sees the, the skeletons in the yes, casket and that? stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a little bit more modern, but the credits at the bit all yes. the full credits were at the beginning just like yes. in the Wizard of Oz, which was in thirty nine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's um you know it's older, mm-hmm. but it does have that modern twist. It does have that kinda Well, now we would consider it more mo- Yeah, now mo- I mean more it's not modern now and that doesn't happen now, but it was something that was still happening in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Um so it's funny you mentioned like their chemistry, um, because obviously it's what makes all these Possible. Comedy duos stand out and possible. Uh, this is near like the 
not the tail end. I think Lou, Lou Costello would be dead within the next like eight or ten years. From I this. think so. Um, and they had already been pretty successful with their non, um, non universal move like Universal monster movies, but like. Neither one of them wanted to do this, particularly Costello. He thought it was a terrible script and was not anything he wanted to do. And him and Bud were fighting constantly. We're like at each other's throats and not happy with one another. Um, And it's their most prevailing movie. I mean, it was part of the AFI Top 100 Comedies, uh, rightfully so to me. Mm -hmm. Um, It just fucking works. It just works. And I'm kind of interested, like, I haven't done, like, a lot of, like, research about it, but you have to think, like, this back in the day was probably, like, what like the Avengers are to us now, right? Like, you have Abbott and Costello, who were bona fide, you know, mm-hmm. legends, uh, and, com- like, box office icons and then the universal monsters like in a movie together yeah that had to be pretty like pretty dope pretty crazy for its time before obviously they did you know all 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 the other ones they would end up doing i'm pulling it up right now so i'm trying so they would do Abin Casella meet the killer boris karloff uh meet the invisible man meet jekyll and hyde and then meet the mummy um were the other ones that they did but in terms of like movies oh this is right in the middle of their so they did a ton of movies and yeah it's like kind of right in the middle so they've already done some of the more famous ones like buck privates and in the navy um were were prior to this Mm. yeah i we experienced the same thing around the same time last year with his girl friday where we watch a really, really old movie mm. that, to me, worked just as well as anything modern yeah. that I've seen because of just talent. Like, yeah. not necessarily... The story and the script of this, toss Whatever. it aside. It's Whatever. It's nothing I mean, great or impressive. Yeah, yeah, it, it telegraphs itself pretty much every step of the way. Like, you see everything that's coming. Right, but the way that they do it is so, like, genuine. And, like you said, the talent is there to support it. So it takes a mediocre script and it raises it to another level, I think. Because, and and it's just, it's absurd. Like, you can't, you can't relate to that premise at all right but you can relate to them being in that situation like going into the into the house of horrors and how scared he was yeah and the lights were out and him yelling chick chick chick," over and over like you can relate to that and you find humor in that because it doesn't just do it three times it takes it to an extreme and it elevates every single time so it's a note that i have about most of the scenes in the movie so when they drop off the crates at mcdougall's house of horrors um, when they are broken out of, when they're, uh, in the, I guess their hotel room or where the fuck are they? I think it's a hotel. I, I think, never know where anything is really happening I in this movie. I think it's a hotel. I think that they had to stay in the hotel on the island. I guess because also like when they're at, in the island, I have no idea 
where any like this party's happening here but there's also this locker room and then they're in the woods and then there's a castle well, the locker room is there for them to change into their costumes and everybody just keeps running into one another very very easily but that's not here it was the 40s fuck off um it is what Spend it is Spend your disbelief but uh the scene where uh Sandra comes and they she they find out that she's not the one that bailed them out it was actually Joan, um, Joan who did it and him going you know swooning over two women so that scene, the House of Horror scene, uh, there's another one. There's another scene where, like, there's just too much of it. Like, for an hour and 23-minute movie, there's a couple scenes that take fucking forever. But they work because, exactly to your point, they don't rule of threes it. They do the opposite in comedy. They do the rule of 900, and you just do it a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. a little bit bigger, and you just trust your performer to knock it out of the park, and they do. And it's just funny every single it's, time. So it's great. you don't mind where you're like, man, I've been in the scene a while. But now the right. candle's sliding off the casket. Right. Like, and he's trying to whistle, and he can't even put his yeah, fingers in his mouth. <laughs> like, 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 that's just No, and, and that funny. was one of my notes about that scene, too. Just, like, he goes from, like, yelling, like, the top of his lungs to then, like, not even, even being able to speak and being like, yeah. Chick, like you feel it like you feel that fear and that trepidation and you feel that comedy like it's just so well done yeah it's I have very little in the way of complaints I have some nitpicky questions I want to get into mm. um, later on but and there's a couple performances that are just there are some performances that are god awful that that but bad. I think when you're <laughs> right but I also think that when you're up with such stellar people if you don't have strong supporting characters then it does get difficult yeah you know you have Abbott and Costello who play off each other really well and who work really well as the straight man and the and the comedic man and and they set such a high bar it's really hard to bring anyone else to that level yeah um well it's it's nice to see i mean the three biggest names are the universal monsters themselves oh absolutely it's kind of fun to see them in this world even though they don't really have to change or do much like none of them are getting into the hijinks the closest one would be frankenstein because of the chase at the end which the chase at the end is iconic every I, i i can laugh at them pushing that bed up against the door and him yeah. coming through the other hole and him punching like the through the door and basically punching Costello in the face. Yeah, on and purpose. He did that on purpose. He put his face there. It, that's like the beginning of like the Scooby-Doo chase. Yeah, it's it's amazing. The, right, like, yeah, it, it's, it's just really great. So that's the closest, but, I mean, Lon Chaney is very much just as equal of a straight man as Abbott is. Yeah, sure. Because he's... Yeah, okay. You don't like Lon Chaney in this movie? Look, I, I mean, he didn't like being in this movie. <laughs> but I, I don't. We've come a long way. Oh, you talk about nineteen forty-eight uh, special makeup effects, makeup and special effects. We've and and, and um, Foley editing. We've come a long way. We have because, and I think, and I think it was so funny that like they like called it out basically when at the beginning. When Costello's on the phone with him and he turns into the wolf and mm-hmm. then he's like, and he's like, he put his dog on the phone and yeah. like hung up. Like, I think that was really well, they funny. Also do it, they also do it later where, um, yeah. uh, cause Abbott's co- costume is just a wolf mask. So the yes. wolf man gets transformed and attacks McDougal 
and Costello gets blamed because, you know, he had a, the wolf mask, which looks the same. Costello uh, himself gets con- confused and starts kicking and punching the wolf man, thinking it's Abbott in the costume. Yes. Yeah, so... So it, they do a, a nice enough send-up. Lugosi's right. just playing it straight, which is fine. Uh, yeah, is, but... This he, is the last good movie Bella Lugosi would be in. <laughs> but, I mean, you know how hard it is to just do, like, half of your performance with, like, your hand over, like, your nose and mouth? Mm-hmm. And it's just the eyes and just his body movement. He makes it work. He makes it work. He really does. And playing off of Costello, like, in that... In the in the House of Horrors scene, where he like comes out of the coffin and everything, like yeah. I think it's just so funny. Well, they do the same thing also when they go to the the castle and like they're investigating, and you have the classic trapdoor yes. cave mm-hmm. back and forth, and there's fucking with Costello essentially, mm-hmm. where you know Abbott's still not buying or seeing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I also that's another great physical comedy. Frankenstein getting involved in the hijinks is when. Uh, Costello sits down on him and is like punching his own hand and punching Frankenstein's yeah. hand. And apparently that scene was like impossible to shoot because Glenn Strange just kept bust out laughing. I mean, I would too. At Lou just riffing the whole time. I can go ahead and just put up Lou Costello as the MVP Absolutely. of this movie. It's Absolutely. Yes. Like, it, there's, it, there's nobody like him. No one like him. I mean, it is difficult to be Bud Abbott. Don't get me wrong. Yes, and that's part of the reason why Costello made sure he got more of the money because it's really hard in a comedic duo to be the straight man. Yeah, and he does a great he job of it. He does a great job. He, he has his little moments where he gets little lines and stuff, but he's the linchpin of the movie in terms of making it all connect and make sense, yeah. having to be the... Um, not antagonistic one, but the... No, I would say more antagonistic. Well, but he's definitely... I didn't mean, like, he's a villain by any stretch no, of No, 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 but, but like, he's kind of like, you're crazy, like, let's unload the crate, like, you, yeah, you're like, not. Yeah, you know, like, you know, d- denying it all, mm-hmm. and then, you know, him finally coming to realization and experiencing all of it for himself, yeah. it, it just works. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, really Costello does. is... He just, just like, the, the verbal comedy, the physical comedy... The looks, the pauses. I mean, there's nothing like 1940s comedy. Like, early comedy, like, the physical comedy. Yeah. Like, when he's pulling the suitcase out and then all the suitcases fall on him. Like, you could do that now, but I feel like now it's even, cheap. Like, it seems cheap. It seems cheap now, now, but, like, But then, even then, it didn't. It seemed like, yeah, like, th- that Magoo would have that happen. There's literally a point, so, like, after... By the way, everything that he says to Frank when he's tied up on the gurney... Like getting ready to oh, get his like brain, brain taken out. I've had this brain thirty years. Like. <laughs> you know, you don't want this, Frank. <laughs> um, like when they are escaping, and Chick yells to him, "Like, oh, go this way," and he goes this way. Got it. And he just runs straight to like a cave wall. It's so stupid, but it's the same thing we were just talking about with Hot Fuzz. When like when Frost just runs straight into a fence. You know, it's sometimes just, it hits. It just fucking works. You, but you have to have the right person doing and you, it, and you have to have the and you have to have the right know-how with the right background of the character. And like that guy would do that, just like in in uh, Hot Fuzz. That character, that character would, do, would yeah, do that. Absolutely. Um, is there anything you don't necessarily beyond performances that you don't like mm. about the movie? Well, I already talked about the special effects of the transition to the Wolfman. I mean, look. I mean, they, they're almost endearing to me. Like It's terrible. It's terrible. Of course it's been. He's what laying on a log. 
And then all of a sudden he's like, like, like so a little bad. bit more hair. It's more so hair. Bad. And then it's like when you have that close up, it's like, did they really think their special effects were that good that they had to have a close up for seven minutes well, on could, like him transitioning? But you gotta think, in 1948, that Man. had to blow people's fucking minds, right? I guess. I don't know. It wasn't there. What would you rather them done? Is just like, like, Quick cut. Quick cut and back and he's a fucking wolf. That's some fun. The whole point is like the experience of it all. Sure. And look what you got. That's fine. All right. Um, I I just thought the whole thing was a lot of good fun. Um, So I have a few like nitpicky questions I have to ask. Oh, God. Uh, Number one. How long does a full moon last? Uh, Two, three days. I thought it was like one day. No. Alexa. How long does a full moon last? Are you a werewolf? That's what I was going to say. A full moon lasts for Gibbous and Ensign, but it appears to last for one day. It comes after a waxing Gibbous moon and precedes the waning Gibbous moon. Thank you. So that's what I thought. Mm. Now, if he's going from... That was a couple days. No, so if he's going from... He was in London, right? I'm not sure. Oh, shut up. He was, from, he was in London, Never right? mind. Yes. So from London to America, I'm I'm just I'm gonna give that the benefit of doubt, in that the moon, I guessing, over time, like like what time zones time would would be a little different, for for two it's days. Not that, no, it it's happens not that three different. times. It's, it's not like that six different. hours. Yeah, it's only six hours, and I the flight f- from England to America is like ten. I don't know. Again, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Just kind of want to get into the minutiae of it all. But that's, that's two, right? He turns into a wolf. Oh, my God. This is so creepy. Four times? Oh, my God. I just... It's a full moon right now? The first full moon of 2022 will be this week on Monday, January 17th. Yeah, I saw it t- tonight when January's I was January's full moon is known as the wolf moon. Nice. That's fucking creepy. <sighs> At this time of year, wolves are the most active. Yeah, they're horny as fuck. <laughs> um... So, but he turned oh my god, wolf. like that's so creepy. The hair on my arms is standing up. That's so creepy. <laughs> you turn into a wolf right now. But I'm correct, right? Four times he turns into a wolf. He, like on the very the first scene when he's on the phone. In the hotel room at the thing. I think three, maybe four. No, it's four because he turns into it twice, like in like hours. So on the phone, then when in the hotel room when he first comes to America. Uh-huh. Then when they're out searching for uh-huh. Costello, the and then and then he wakes up, oh, and like he wakes up, and then they find the castle, and he turns into the wolf again when oh, they're in the yeah, castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Before he, so I also don't like like how they, like two of them just like anticlimactically just fall to their doom as the Wolfman just leaps out and and pulls Dracula's vampire bat into the water. That effect didn't look bad for 1948. Sure. It looked fine. Also love the fact uh, that Sandra just gets fucking chucked out of a window. She ain't going to be an Abbott and Castell meet Frankenstein too. As a, I've always loved like how just like brutal that is. I don't know if she necessarily deserves that. Uh, yeah, I, she does. I mean, yeah, she's not a great person. Not uh, a great person. I, do, I don't like that that gets telegraphed like right away. Like as soon as she's in the movie, you're just like, okay, well, she's evil. Because number one, her accent keeps changing. And number two, there's just something... About her, that's ominous. I, I don't get where the like the person that read that watched this movie didn't write the back of this box. Yeah, not at all. It's completely yeah. Because uh, the doctor, Doctor Stevens, is just totally just like innocent, has no idea what's going on. It can appear full for three days. Okay, all right, so good. That's been answered. Um, 
So that was one. Um, we already discussed, like, the geography of it all. Like, where exactly is everybody technically? We're not really. Because when everything gets out on, when everything, all the cards are on the table, like, the last, like, 20 minutes are just, like, bonkers. Like, it's just wild to me. Yeah. Um, another effect, before I forget, that also isn't great is uh, Frankenstein burning at the end, where it's obviously just, like, a dummy on, oh, like, yes, stilts. Yes. That just, I, like, I, I love how he just runs into the fire. Well, because that's always been, like, Frankenstein's always been, like, addicted. Like, not addicted to fire. <laughs> like, I get some of that fire, yo, I'm Frankenstein. You and I read two very different <laughs> books. No, but it's, I believe it is something in the movie where, like, doesn't he, isn't he, like, transfixed with fire? Or, like, he's a fucking idiot. So he doesn't not fucking know anybody. He's an idiot, he's misunderstood. He doesn't have a brain. He does have a brain. Not a good one. Neither do you. Oh. Birthday meal. Um, but, like, when he finally walks into the fire and burns to death, <laughs> you can tell it's not a person because yes. it just eventually That's just true. collapses. And you hear, like, wood shatter. Um, what in the 40s? What lengths do insurance agents go <laughs> for their customers? Apparently. So, so. All the lengths. What, so what, I, I've never understood any of that. Like, does she have some ulterior motive? She's trying not to pay out. What do you mean? Yeah, but like, you're going to go to that far where you're going to bail this guy out of prison and flirt with him and force him to take you out on a date. Yeah. And then. Absolutely. It, it, absolutely wild to me. Um, and the final one is, what the fuck does the wolf man care like, why does the Wolfman care so much? Because they're bitter enemies. Dracula and the Wolfman. They, uh, sure. I, but it's, that's never expressed. You just know. If you know, you know. But I don't feel like they run in the same circles. Yes, they do. The, the Wolfman's hanging out in London, biting motherfuckers, and Dracula's just, well, I guess, biting ladies. Yeah. Maybe they're in the corner in the same bite market. I don't know. That's so weird. What would you rather be, a vampire or a werewolf? So you're going to ask me this question another time on this show. What have I asked you this before? No, I'm saying you're going to ask me again on the show. When? When we watch the Twilight movies. We don't, we're not going to watch the Twilight movies. We are. No, we're not. We are, because we own one of them. Yeah, okay, so I'm just going to watch that one that you felt obligated to buy when you went to some bullshit midnight release with a friend, and you're like, well, I guess I should buy it, and you don't even fucking like the movies. I mean, they're okay. So we just have the one. We're going to have all of them by the time I'm not going to do it. And hopefully, sure. one of us will either be dead or we'll stop the show by the time we get to that point. So, what would you rather? Or when we do the Underworld series finally, then you, we can ask that question. We're not going to do that. Or you lost that bet. Does, but I'm winning this one. No, but we said for this one, no. we're doing movies we already own. We're no, not we buying anymore. Yes, we did. Oh, well. Yes, we did. Maybe the you'll Underworld get an is early done, son. Present. Maybe you'll get an early birthday present. Do you want to be a fucking vampire? Or do you want to be a fucking werewolf? I think probably a vampire. Yeah, you're more of a vampire. That'd be cool to be a werewolf. Because, like, you really have to deal with it, like, once a month. It's cool. It's like your period. <laughs> being a werewolf. Being a werewolf's allegories for periods. Who wrote the wolf? Hey, Alexa. Who wrote the wolf man? Andrew Kevin Walker. No. Chip Siotnak. And David Self wrote the wolf man. Fuck people with the wolf man. If you mean she's talking about the movie. The wolf but the wolf man's a book, ain't it? I don't think so. Alexa, is the Wolfman a book? Yes. 
The Wolfman is a book by Jonathan Mayberry. It was published on January 1st, 2010. Oh, that's, that's all right. <laughs> Alexa, stop. You're no help. Probably hurt its feelings now. Hey, maybe it's not. I could have swore the Wolfman... No. Frankenstein was, was literature. Dracula, Dracula was literature. That's the Wolfman's problem. It's got no background. Well, I still... Yeah. I stand with my werewolf people. Shout out to all you werewolves out there listening. Yeah, you and Taylor oh. Lautner. All you London werewolves. What? You and Taylor Lautner. You shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so we already named Lou Costello the MVP. Uh, of course, Bud Abbott deserves some recognition there uh, as well. Absolutely. I also had Lon Chaney Jr. on my MVP list. I've always liked Lon Chaney, Lon Chaney Jr.'s performance in this. I think he's just passionate. He brings like a level of seriousness to it that is kind of needed um, he did not like this movie. <laughs> I want to find the, the quote here. Um, where is it? Uh, where did it go? Uh, where's my Lon Chaney quote? Did not have positive things to say about the feature, later proclaiming that he, quote, used to enjoy horror movies when they were thought and sympathy involved. When there was thought and sympathy involved, then they became comedies. Abbott and Costello ruined the horror films. They made buffoons out of the monsters. Mm. Which I disagree with. Don't think he was correct at all. Um, LVP. Who do you got for LVP? The McDougal guy. I have I have three candidates. The, the McDougal guy is definitely the LVP. And McDougal is one. For only if for if for only one scene, then the one scene. The introduction. The introduction yes, scene. Yes, the introduction scene. He is aggressive and pushy and swarmy and. His voice is grating, and his... Where are my monsters? And his choice of delivery is confusing, and I think it completely ruins what you've built to that point. Yeah, he's a, he's a really quick, like, oh, God, this was Right, and the then 40s. he comes back, like, three times, and, and he, each time, he doesn't get better. Yeah, he's always aggressively over the top. Yes. Um, and distracting. And is yeah, it's definitely, I, I think, always been my biggest problem with the movie. I also had Sandra on my list um, just because her accent is all over the place. Yeah, it is all over the place. She, she doesn't feel necessarily authentic to me. She's not believable in that part. And then also, Dr. Stevens is like one of the most wooden actors I have ever seen I in my entire that life. I he was in the movie. Well, I feel like he was a bigger part. Again, you know I have this theory where like I see movies, I'm like, why the fuck did that person go away all of a sudden? Because like he's the one that didn't like stops the monster. He's the one that fills the gas can up and, you know, creates the fire. Yeah, and apparently it was the back of the box that attributes so much to him. Apparently. Um, Maybe they redid it. Yeah, he's just like, there's a couple moments where, like, he gets asked and he's like, well, you know, I, he's like, he's trying to do, like, that cool 40s, like, charmer. He's like, no, you're just a boring individual. <laughs> like, I would rather, if I were Joan, I'd rather still fuck fucking Wilbur than fuck, than fuck you, Dr. Stevens. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, yeah, it's McDougal. It's, uh, it's McDougal. It's definitely uh, McDougal. Frank Ferguson is the LVP of Abbott and Costello. Meet Frankenstein. Um... I wish I... Did you write down any quotes? 
I, I, I'm going to go to the IMDb quote section because so much of this movie is just setup and delivery fucking dialogue. And it's so... The monsters ain't going to be in there, lady. Like, Oh, I, I no, I wrote the monsters aren't going to be in there, lady, when she was checking the uh, armoire. <laughs> when she was checking like, the makeup vanity <laughs> for the fucking monsters. That's right. No, I didn't write down any quotes. I, I like when, um, uh, so I have a few here. Uh, Wilbur, well, that's going to cost you overtime because I'm a union man. I only belong. I only work 16 hours a day. A union man only works eight hours at all. I belong to two unions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, uh, you, you'll think I'm crazy, but in a half an hour, the moon will rise and I'll turn into a wolf. You and 20 million other guys. Is <laughs> another good one. Um... Oh, I like when they're talking about the girls that they had gone out with. Like, you got the best looking one. So what? Yours had teeth? Yours had teeth, too. Did you see that, too? Did you see that, too? Yes, I happen to see it. Mine had so much bridge work. Every time I kissed her, I had to pay a toll. <laughs> like. You're making, enough, you're, making enough, you're making enough noise to wake the dead. I don't have to wake him up. He's up. I've had this brain for 30 years. It hasn't done me any good. That was the, that was the, the, yeah. the, 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 the quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just so good. It's just so, so, so. Oh, uh, so I know my actual favorite part of the movie. It's during the chase um, when they, uh, Frankenstein like opens the door, they come out of the door, and the, he's pretending to be Dracula, and it's working. He's like, back, back, I say, the monster back. And he just puts the curtain, and he goes, he thinks I'm Dracula. <laughs> 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 That's runs really and, funny, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's... That's really funny. It's just a fucking classic. It's, it is, it's classic. What is the most modern equivalent to this? And by modern, you probably have to go back. I don't even know how far you still have to go back. But, like, the closest we got to it, is it like, fucking, like, Franco and Rogan doing, like, the fucking interview... Like, I don't know. I don't think so. What else would it be? Like the like the Rock and Kevin Hart. Yeah. Like Maybe. that sucks. <laughs> Maybe I think so. But so I wish we had. Again, that's the closest because I've done like three or f- like five movies together. But like, pairs in Hollywood that just like did movies. And different characters, but they're basically themselves. And they just crushed it every single time. I guess they technically would be the most modern equivalent of that. Because they did artificial intelligence. They've done the Jumanji movies. Um, I said artificial, central intelligence. Artificial intelligence is that Haley Joel Osment is a robot movie. <laughs> yeah, central um, intelligence. They hosted a bunch of stuff together. Yeah, like, it's just not the same. It's just, because that, because... M- Movie stars don't matter anymore. Like, they don't. It's all intellectual property and superheroes and sequels. That's all the thing that matters. The closest thing is The Rock, but The Rock makes these loud, big-ass blockbuster movies. And Well, but you said the same thing about Will Smith, and then he turned, like, into biopic man, you know? like Yeah, I don't want to talk about Will Smith right now. <laughs> <laughs> Saving my thoughts for the blank slate coming up here in just a couple months. Uh, no, it's, they don't make them like this anymore. It's sad. Yeah, it is. But it's kind of not in a way. 
I get what you mean like, because it, 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 it keeps it, these unique it keeps and unique, sentimental. Exactly. And it keeps them with this, like, you're able to keep them up on a little bit of a pedestal because it is so different than what they do now. And, like, they couldn't, you couldn't redo this. Like, you couldn't remake this. Oh, no, no, no. And, and I just think that that's something special, too. So, like, it is sad that. You know, they don't make them like this anymore, but at the same time, I'm happy that they don't because then these mean more. You know what would have, you know what would have been cool? I mean, it wouldn't have been cool, but what I could have seen happening was they were supposed to do, you know, the the universe movies are now, like, you know, the MCU and DCU and, you know, trying to make, like, they did the Godzilla and King Kong. The new Mummy movie that came out with Tom Cruise in, like, 2018, 2019 was supposed to be the start of, like, a new universal monster, like, shared universe. They were going to have the Russell Crowe, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, they were going to bring back Benicio Del Toro's Wolfman, and of course the mummy fucking sucked and bombed and never happened. But it would have been cool like, if they established that, and then they like got Kevin Hart and Ice Cube to like, be in a comedy movie with all the monsters they established. Like, cool. You can do it. God, please don't. But I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. The closest thing I can think of where they were going to do that, where you uh, merge two things together, was uh, during that Sony leak that happened many, many years ago, mm. the initial plans were for the fourth installment of Men in Black to be uh, 23 Jump Street. And Jonah Hill and uh, Channing Tatum were going to be the new Men in Black recruits. And, like, that's perfect. Like, that that's would be... brilliant. Perfect. Do that. Yeah, like, do stuff like that where you have two properties that inherently are good and are largely unstymied, depending on your feelings of Men in Black 2 and, to a lesser extent, Men in Black 3. Um, and then you just... Well, because some people don't like... Men in Black 2 is, is not great. Um, well, <laughs> I'm still you facts. You are not. I, I don't agree for the most part, but I'm just... Oh, we'll get there, I guess. Yeah, we'll get there someday. That's as close as those things get. Because now it's just like, well, let's have, uh, you know, the superhero and this superhero in a movie together, and that's that, that's all we get. Yeah. Uh, Godzilla and Kong is another one, but that's already been... has happened before. Right, right. There's no meets. Mean. There's no like mashups. That used to be like the coolest thing when we were kids. Like it's like the mashup. Well, like like the Jetsons meet the Flintstones. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm trying to think of those other ones. Um, well, then they did all of those like wrestling ones. Like the Flintstones go to oh, WrestleMania. Oh, those don't fucking count. Those are garbage. <laughs> those are terrible. Those are bad. Scooby Doo had a few crossovers. Well, sure. I'm talking a lot of like the Hanna Barbera had crossovers. Yes. Just trying to look and see if I can... Like just looking at our Funkos for frame of reference? You know, that great jingle all the way, King Shark mashup. Um, I don't think we'll ever get back... So I... We won't get back to this, but I have a fear that in the next, like, 10 to 15 years, we do get back to, like, the star system in movies and TV in Hollywood... But it would come out of, like, the social media era. And then you're going to have, like... People in the town? Fucking Jake Paul movies. And, oh. and it's, 
it, it gives me legitimate anxiety that I already know so little about the world because the world is just a shit show. Well, of... they did they did do that. She's all that remake with Addison Rae. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, they did a She's All That remake called He's All That, mm-hmm. and it starred Addison Rae. Who is a... that? That sounds like a porn star. TikTok fame, same thing. There's porn on TikTok. Mm, yeah. Hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that sucks, and I hate it. And I was it just bombed, thinking... and people were really mean about her obvious lack of talent and the reason why. She obviously got that role is because she has so many followers on TikTok that they would all watch the movie, and she's terrible. One last thing I want to give this movie props for is that it came out in 1948, so we've already established it's going to be 74 years old. Older than my mother, but barely. Um, And there is, it's, it's rated G, because that's what movies were back then, either G or PG or R. It's might have even been probably PG. I don't think it maybe even had a rating. It's not rated yet. Um, there is nothing in this movie that is offensive, that is controversial, that is in mm-hmm. any manner of speaking offensive to anybody at all. There's not even like fat jokes or like jokes about any... There are some. When like, it's not like a blatant fat joke but it's like when um when Costello's getting like all the women and and um Abbott's like what is going on like there's some back and forth there that's but it's all that's all self-deprecating like it feels different as opposed to like it's not mean-spirited towards another individual um and there's nothing that's aged poorly in terms of anybody being uh offended or uh, 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 I mean, there's not a, a single black person in this movie. The blackest person in the movie is the Wolfman. Uh, but that's kind of nice to like have a movie like this where I don't have to worry about it suffering because of the natural course of time and like just chalking up to like, well, we didn't know any better back then. Bullshit. This movie passes that test and that's also another reason why I absolutely love it so anything else on Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein no I think we covered it I'm very very happy that we did this and we enjoyed it I was I was never really truly worried but to the extent of which we laughed watching this movie really warmed my heart well yeah I mean it's hard not to it's hard not to laugh when you watch something like this. It is very pure, and it is, like, and it's not trying to make any comments on, like, like, it's not trying to make any social commentary or political commentary. or It's just having a good time. Yeah. It's just trying to have a good time, and it does it really well, and, you know, it's nice to be able to watch a movie without having to think too much about what it means, you know? Exactly. It's really good. Score time. Go on, birthday boy. Uh, it's a 10 for me. I, I have to Really? Be, I, it's a 10, yes. It's a 10 for you? Of course it's a 10 for me. Wow. It's, it's one of the greatest comedies to me that has ever been made. It is, after 70 plus years, still funny. I will forget. It's kind of like Robin Hood to me. And I also gave a 10. Of course there's problems with it. The story is is really throwaway and whatever. 
Uh, we talked about the effects. We talked about some of the acting. But that all goes away when I watch Lou Costello, you know, fluttering about and making his noises and and running away. I, I have to. I it. mean, it, it's really funny. I not going that high, but sure. you know, I I did think it was really funny. I did like a lot of the scenes. I think he's a comedic gem. Um, I was gonna give this movie a nine, so okay. um, a nine point five for Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. I will happily take any day of the week. Another birthday in the books for yours truly. Um, next week we will get back to our wrap it up, not a wrap it up series, our uh, pick 'em off series. So many goddamn series uh, with The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Then back to our random selections with uh, my Blueberry Nights. Then we have a listener slash friend bought slash movie. Slash enemy. That's just for the purse that she buys our daughter. A movie to watch. And then we'll get to my nominated movie, Grindhouse. And then we have some more. Oh, and at some point in there we have a guest star. I don't know. No, and then we have more movies we have that movie my mom left. sent us. We have stuff through March and April. It's uh, making the schedule. I don't do an NCAA uh, uh, March Madness bracket anymore just because this is my work Yeah. Uh, on paper. But thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're going to uh, patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Follow us on all social media. That was my stomach. Uh, <laughs> uh, Facebook.com slash Married with Movies. At Married W Movies on Twitter. Married with Movies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to Podswoggle Wrestling Podcast Entertainment as well for our limited series uh, run. Uh, getting the Swaggy Awards uh, announced this week. Uh, make sure you're going to arcadeaudio.net slash the mullets to vote in the mullet awards. There is some stuff happening with the awards so far. I've seen some results and I'm like, man, am I glad we got a month and a half still to vote because really? there are some results that I am gobsmacked by thus far. Because all my things are getting votes. On both sides of the fence. Oh, Both man. sides of the fence. So we'll, we'll see what happens when those finally get announced. Um, at your hostmail38 on Instagram for, for me. And arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle. I have one more show to watch in 1995. When people are hearing this. When people are hearing this, I still have like two or three shows to actually like, like, like be published. I have one more show in 1995 to watch. How are you still in 1995? We're so close. We're almost there. What are there. you doing? I'm watching wrestling, man. It's what I'm doing. Samantha, anything for you? At Jam with your Sam on social media, where I do absolutely nothing. That's yeah. all I've got. You should start tweeting about 1995 wrestling. You should have to go back and watch all the wrestling shows. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> nah, I don't even want you to do that. Thanks. Yeah, because you'd have to watch it with me. Yeah, I'd be in the background. I have to explain what the fuck uh, 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 Henry Godwin was. I know who Henry and Phineas Godwin were. Aww, Thanks so much. that's so sweet. Aw, look what you've done to me. <laughs> for Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. I'll see if you remember it 35 years from now when we're both 70. You'll still be watching 1995 wrestling. Everything. No, I'll be You're like a 98 by then. <laughs> I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly 
to my surprise, he did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast, the ghouls all came from their humble abode to catch a joke. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.